Welcome to the French Wedding Podcast with your host Naim, the only podcast in English about weddings in France. Great conversations, tips and insights about your French wedding, some wisdom before your big day, and the opportunity to hear wedding professionals actually living and working in France, only for your day to be the most amazing to remember. Hello everyone and welcome to the French Wedding Podcast. Greetings from France, this is the place we're recording this show. I'm Naim, professional ceremony officiant based in my hometown Paris and I created this show especially for future brides and grooms willing to get married in Paris or anywhere in France. Each episode is an occasion to meet a main actor of the industry, can be a vendor such as a wedding planner, hair and makeup artist, bridal salon, videographer, venue owner, bloggers, you name it. This show exists to bring you some insight about how people do things in France regarding the wedding industry, but we also share funny stories, things to know, and special memories when we happen to work together on the very same wedding. My guest today is a third-generation California artist based in the Mojave Desert, where she pursues now painting full-time. She is known for her color-intense palette and loose brush strokes of figures and landscapes. She teaches workshops in the beautiful Joshua Tree National Parks and blogs about creativity. In 2020, she opened her own Etsy shop called French Press, a collection of cards, calendars, and paper goods inspired by travel sketches and watercolors created in France, where she fell in love with the city of light and the French countryside. Please welcome to the show, Janice Commons. Janice, welcome to the show. I'm delighted to be here. I'm delighted that you're here as well. And it's a very special episode. As everyone knows on the audience, I really love California. And it's not the first time that we're going there, but now we're going live. So it's 9 a.m. for you, Janice, and it's it 6 p.m. in Paris. Yes. So I am really grateful that we can have this time together uh, around the Internet around Zoom, our favorite ally since the pandemic. How are you today? I am doing really well. It, it's beautiful here. We've had lovely spring weather and, uh, you know, as much as well, the desert blooms. So we yeah, let's talk about the, de the, the desert. Uh, you are located in the Mojave Desert. Do I pronounce this well? Yes, Mojave. Great. Mojave. Absolutely. And yeah. you are a teacher, a painter, a traveler, a blogger, and an encourager. Can you tell us more about that, please? Um, well, starting maybe at the beginning, because yes. I I grew up very near, well, very near the coast in Los Angeles. And mm -hmm. I don't know if you ever went to Palos Verdes when you were there, which is beautiful. Yes. Beautiful area. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, I went to college a little more inland in a place called Redlands, Riverside County. And when I was looking for teaching jobs, guess where I was hired out here? I'll be honest. When I first came, I was not very thrilled with the idea of the desert. Okay. I loved the beach and the green, yeah. but uh, uh, they were going to pay me real money. So I came out here. And uh, I, I did teach for several decades. I taught English and art, and I majored in both. And okay. really, I had a very nice experience teaching. Yeah. Um, and uh, several years ago, I retired, and I dove into my painting full time. So you decided to paint and start uh, start to do to follow your passion, but you were painting since a long time. 
You know, my mother and her twin brother were um, both artists, not by profession, but my uncle was an engineer, but he painted a lot. He, they were both really quite good. My grandmother, um, and this is interesting, I'll add this, because I, I wrote down this morning that I love the idea that you're a celebrant. Mm -hmm. And I love that word because we're celebrating life events and things for people. Uh, my grandmother, during the Depression, was near Hollywood and she created a business where she uh, made beautiful floral arrangements, artificial out of fabric and silk and that kind of thing. And she decorated the large hotels, the Biltmore and such. Oh, wow. They had like a subscription and every you know month or so she would come and switch out all the bouquets. Okay. So, you know, starting nice. LA, yes, I, I, I've got a little bit of a floral background and I love ribbons and, you know, all that sort of thing. I'm certainly not in the wedding business, but I'm charmed by it. And, you know, I'm going to add just this morning a moment of serendipity. I did not plan this, but it's my mm -hmm. son and daughter-in-law's anniversary today. Okay. So As we good. are recording, they've been married six years. So cool. six years ago, I got to be the, uh, I don't know, I don't think you call it, they call it here now the mog the mother of the groom. Oh, yeah. The funniest yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I was reading Mog, Mog. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't have the full responsibility of being mother of the bride, but it was it was just a lovely day. Great. So it was six years ago. Happy anniversary to the couple, obviously. Yes. Uh, that we remember that. And uh, so let's see. My my mother painted a lot. I was always exposed to art materials, which is very nice. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess I'll reveal I am an only child. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got to make messes and play with her stuff. And uh, even though I, um, well, when I went to college, my, my dad said, you have to major in English also because artists starve. Yes. Probably very good advice. He, he encouraged me to get my teaching credential. It's, so. always, it's always good to have a backup, I guess. Yes. <laughs> so I've seen and, your uh, I've seen your paintings and, and they're very colorful and very, they, they really, they really uh, exude joy and, and and many things. I really like. How how did you manage to start? Because it's probably the the first thing that people do uh, when they are trying to follow a passion is they they are asking those, themselves where to start. So how did you start? Well, I had painted as you said all along, mm -hmm. you know, but not not giving myself the freedom to. Um, to paint. I, now that you're saying that, I'm going probably by kicking my son out of his room. I remember he was about 19 and he said he wanted to move out to an apartment. And I'm like, yes, I can have a painting studio. <laughs> <laughs> so perfect. I encourage that in a big hurry. Um, you know, the first year you're kind of, uh, kind of getting your bearings. Uh, this area, Joshua Tree, has a lot of natural beauty. And so, of course, even though I've always loved painting people, mm -hmm. um, oh, and I will add, uh, the last maybe five years that I was teaching, I felt I needed to get back into drawing. Mm -hmm. And I facilitated a life drawing group. Okay. Tell which, us you know, is drawing from, from nude models. Um, we didn't have a group up here. I ran that for eight years. So okay. every week we were drawing, sketching, and I was networking with people in the area. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a large um, 
art association in the area that runs an open studio tour. And in October, sadly, this last month, it would have been, I mean, not last month, in 2020, it would have been the 20th year for uh, the open studio art tours, and they were shut down. But, you know, once you begin to get yourself into the art associations and such, um, it's it's an energy um, sharing event. And one year, I actually was gallery director for our, our local art gallery, just because I said, okay, I'll volunteer. Boy, at the end of the year, I said, no, no, I need to paint. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's answering the question. It does, yeah. Uh, I do. I still love the ocean. So a couple of places that I've gone all my life are Laguna Beach. I don't know if you went there when you were here. It's Exquisite. No, but I heard of it. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if you traveled up the coast to Northern California or Central California. I've been to San Diego when I was there. And okay. This is the. And I'll be honest, San Diego is supposed to be like perfect. It's not my favorite place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I love up by Monterey, a place called Carmel is quite lovely. Mm-hmm. So uh, I do like to paint by the coast as well. So you you just go there and you you go alone or do you go in groups? Um, both. You know what? I have learned that solo traveling is kind of fun. So yes. I guess I will segue to France. Uh, I was retired a few years and actually I was a British lit major, which means I really liked England. I thought that was the ultimate, you know, I'd want to go to Edinburgh and stay six months or whatever. Um, And I had made three trips to England. But in 2018, a friend was going to run an art workshop in France. Okay. And his idea was that we would go to the Dordogne and uh, he would teach architectural painting with Procreate on the iPad. Now, at the time, I didn't even have an iPad. So I go, okay, I'm buying my iPad and playing with Procreate and trying to do this. And uh, Uh, sorry to interrupt. For those who don't know, Procreate? It's a program that you, and I haven't used it a whole lot since then. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's a a digital art program. You can paint paintings. And I'll tell you, people, even though I'm a little bit... Oh, I guess it's a whole new world to go into digital art. I like the old fashioned way. I really yes. do. Yes. But uh, about three months before the trip, he said, call me. And he said, I don't have enough people signed up for this trip. Oh. And <laughs> I'd renewed my passport. I'd bought my thing. And I was, you know, I was geared up to go. And I said, okay, I am going on this trip. I also talked to a friend who had lived in France. She had actually worked at the consulate, French consulate in LA. Mm-hmm. Okay. She said, Janice, this is a dream um, itinerary. Uh, how do you pronounce Sarla Lake Canada? So which one? Sorry. Sarla. S-A-R-L-A-T, that area in there and uh, the little villages around. She said, you will love it. She (laughs) said, rent a car. You can do it. Definitely. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I did. At at any rate, I I said, I am going to take myself on this trip by myself. Ha ha. Uh, Rent a car travel around on the itinerary that he had uh, kind of, and, Mm -hmm. uh, see what I can do. 
So that took me to France in 218. I spent a week in Paris because, of course, you have to, and two <laughs> weeks in the Dordogne. The Dordogne, yeah. And uh, tell us a bit more about Paris, how, how, because this is one of the reasons that we're talking today. People Absolutely. will ask themselves, uh, why are we talking about... Uh, you know, you kn and, and I did do quite a bit of research before I went, because that's just how I am. But I... Um, And I realize it is the top, or it was before the shutdown, the top destination city in the world, I yeah. guess. And I, I didn't even know what the arrondissements were before this, I'll be honest. I found, um, I found a flat, actually on a, with a group called Sabbatical Homes, and I was in the seventh, on mm -hmm. route de service. You know, I found it. I found it lovely. And I realized, oh, my goodness, I started out walking the very first day I was there just toward the Seine. And I remember meeting a bookstore owner. This was not at Shakespeare and Company. I was not even near the river. And she said, oh, you don't really want to go down to there. There's too many tourists. Uh -huh. um, why I listened to her, I don't know. So I started heading down the road. Um, I happened to... Well, I had an older friend here who is related distantly to Isadora Duncan, oh, Duncan wow. the dancer. Wow. And she said, oh, my goodness, her brother had this studio on Rue de Seine, which you mm -hmm. probably know all about. I know it's in you. And so I, I'm walking, walking, walking. All of a sudden, I look up and I go, oh, my gosh, I'm on the Rue de Seine. How did this happen? <laughs> so, you know, I had a lot of serendipitous moments. Um What was your what was your feeling when you when you first discovered the streets, the, the atmosphere? Was it something that you were expecting or something a bit different? I think it exceeded my expectations. Um, okay. <laughs> I you know, I came away that trip going, the French do not do ugly. Yeah. We <laughs> <laughs> uh, have yeah, yeah, a lot of ugly buildings in the United States. I shouldn't say that, but we do. We have yeah. people who just throw things up. So every little corner, even if it was just um, old and maybe the paint was coming off, you know, each detail on the windows and the houses and such were just absolutely beautiful. So my time truly, I, I really, I, I, I say I fell in love with Paris, the city of light and um, the French countryside, but I really did. And I didn't expect to. Okay. I kind of went to France going, well, I'm an art major. Who doesn't love Monet? Who doesn't love all of the French artists? I had studied them, you know, a lot. In my youth, I really thought that was the only way to paint. And, of course, I've grown and learned that there are so many other directions and, and falling in love with that. But uh, I, I'm returning to those roots for sure. It's a cycle, I guess. Yes, yes. Life so is a cycle. But you have you have a big background in art, obviously. So as an artist, you discovered Paris through different eyes, I guess. I think I did. Um, I have to admit, I had been to Paris when I was young, mm -hmm. uh, right out of college. I went for that summer and then I went job seeking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was on one of those horrible tours where you just bounce around to different places. So we saw a lot, but very quickly. So you can't just say I've been to the Louvre. I've seen it. Mm. Uh, I think because of 
honestly, terrorism, et cetera, I stayed away from the Louvre. So on my next trip, I will definitely go and spend time there. So I explored the smaller museums, um, the D'Orsay, the Rodin. Somebody had told me about the Jacques Mart. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What a beautiful. uh, There is plenty. Sim. And it it had that beautiful. lunch room, whatever you call it. I said, mm-hmm. that's it. I'm treating myself. I was trying very hard to blend in with the French, which is just very hard to do as an American. I guess. Tell us it, some anecdotes. I, I'm, uh, well, you know, I, I had read that on the subway, people just don't speak. And I do tend to, I tend to smile at people. I tend to oh. talk. So that first time in Paris, I just said, I am going to be serious. I put on my sunglasses and Mm-mm. Really tried to be stern. Yeah. <laughs> when I was alone, that sounds silly, but uh, I thought that was probably a good defense as a, a woman traveling alone, just act like they belonged. And mm-hmm. when I was in this one restaurant, here I am trying to pretend I'm French, and I realized, you know, we eat right-handed and we uh-huh. we eat differently. I've even heard of spies that goofed up on that one thing. So I'm trying to eat like everybody else. I, I guess that's a silly anecdote. That's uh, from there, that particular day, I headed over to the Picasso Museum and I really hadn't been to the Marais. Oh. So that was a fun fun place to explore. And that will be on my list next time. I almost rented a flat there, but I, you know, I, it was down to two and I chose the other one. Um, it was kind of fun. I was in, and I don't know which cafe it was, but there was a young man who was bustling around, you know, emptying the trash. You know, I kind Mm -hmm. of thought he was a waiter. And the more I talked to him, he was the owner of the cafe. And I, I always loved to talk and chat. And so he began to write down places that I needed to see. There was the huge, um, oh, the open air market near there. I'm trying to think the name of it. Anyway. Open air market. Where is it located? Uh, food market in the oh, Marais. Mar- in the um, Marais. There's, there's always places opening. Anyway. Well, it's a large one that's been there forever and ever. And it has a, okay. a gruesome name. I'm trying to think <laughs> I should have looked it up. That's terrible. So I, I, I went there. I just mainly walked around and the, um, what is the museum that's there? The Cavalier? Oh, um, no, it's called, uh, wait. It's and it's been closed on both of my trips. Carnavalet. Yes, yes. yes so, say there you go. I've, I've got something else to see. <laughs> um, hmm. While I was there, I now I did come back the second time for partially for an art workshop, but I was in Paris and I got this notice of an April workshop and I said, sign me up right now. <laughs> I know when I came home, my family said, you're going back? And I said, yes. Boom. And of course, in um, retrospect, I'm so fortunate that I did. So I returned. I was there in uh, July, July, which is not the best time for Paris, but I returned in um, the following April and Actually, our workshop, I was a little bit disappointed, but it was okay. It was, it was fun. Uh, was in Ivry-sur-Seine. Okay. Yeah. Which is very urban. Very, and yeah. Very different. South Paris. 
and kind of a fun experience. But I, I kept thinking, this is not Paris. And we would go into uh, the city and it was, you know, even though it was only three or four miles, it would take a little time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we also went to Monet's Garden on that trip on Easter Sunday, which was way too crowded. Wow. Yeah. I imagine. So I need to go back when there's nobody there. <laughs> uh but that was a fun experience, and I got to see a different little side of it. And on that trip, I spent two weeks up in Brittany. Or oh, Britain. in Brittany, yeah. How mm. was it? Did you like it? I loved it. I knew it would be different. Um, different, yes. Part of what drew me to it, and and I'll admit, I, I did a DNA test last year to see if I was part French, and I can't prove that I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's mainly German and English, although... Uh, <sighs> And, and part Swedish, which was, a, oh, yeah. I didn't know. They want you to make all these connections, you know, to yeah. find out what you are. And I, I don't want to make all those connections. That oh. sounds terrible, but I, I have enough people to connect with and things to do. Uh, but they said that uh, Brittany is the most like Cornwall. And I had not been to Cornwall. Because okay. that, obviously the name, the mm-hmm. British influence. Uh, my friend who had the French ex- uh background she said you need to see the standing stones at karnak mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah. my gosh it's a highlight. So i i let's say i took the train to ren and picked up my car and drove mm-hmm. north and i i kind of circled the coast i went to mont saint michel which of course is is touristy but i was so glad i went of course so and many paintings about this Yes. And I went around the peninsula, um, mainly traveling that coast. Beautiful. And you were on your own the whole time. I was on my own. Nice. Um, my only my only big revelation, I have to tell you, is when I got home. Later on, I discovered that I had gotten a speeding ticket. I mean, when you oh. translate the mileage, I was going like 58 miles and a 55. Yeah. I haven't resolved that. I have spent hours trying to. So right now I'm a fugitive and I can't drive in France. So this is the main, problem. This is the reason, <laughs> the secret reason of our call today. You're busted. <laughs> well, apparently it was radar on the freeway near Quimper. How do you pronounce oh, yeah. that? Quimper. Quimper. I was yeah. near there. So I knew, I mean, I knew it was legitimate, but, yeah. um, yeah. but at any rate, I, I loved driving, let's see, Le Conquet. Is that how you pronounce it? Le Conquet, yes, probably. It was a beautiful place. You traveled, um, talking you about, traveled a lot. Well, I, I try to put in too much, but that's all right. The, the first trip I stayed very near Sarla for two weeks and hardly drove distances. Um, couple of places that were interesting. I'm, I know I'm backtracking. Mm-hmm. Near Sarla, there was a art colony called Marial's or something like that. Mm-hmm. M-E-Y. Um, and it looked a little far to drive, but I found myself near there one day. And, and that was fun to talk to artists that were from there. There was a little art colony, which um, Back to Joshua Tree, I'll say we've always wanted to become an art colony like Laguna yeah. or Carmel. And now that we're very trendy, we want to take back those words <laughs> in a way, some of us. Uh, when I was up in Brittany talking about anecdotes, um, one Sunday morning, I went, well, I heard the church bells. And I went to the church, the Sunday mm-hmm. church, and there was nobody there. I thought, well, this is really kind of sad. And I sat down with my sketch pad and began watercoloring. And um, 
a young man, well, anyway, he came and uh, talked to me and he said, well, first of all, the church uh, officiant or whatever, he goes to another church every other week. So every other week we have church. And he talked to me a, a, a bit, especially about medical procedures in the U.S. He had a bad back and he wanted to know where he could go. <laughs> anyway, he came back about 45 minutes later and he said, you're still here. And he said, wait, I have to go get something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, OK. And he came back with this beautiful uh, book, a sketch book. Um, oh, gosh, it was the island where. I, I did write things down. Uh, who was the famous British actress in the turn of the century? Oh, good grief. Everybody knows her. She lived on this island for a little while. Sir Mayor, okay. something like that. Oh, good grief. You we'll would find know. Out. Yeah. Yes, I'm embarrassed. But the incident, the thing that was so sweet is he said, oh, we French, we have a tradition of hospitality and you should have this book. And it was small enough to carry home. I was honored. I, you know, I had, you know, I had so many good experiences. And as an American, you know that people say, oh, the French are rude or mean or whatever. They do. Um, I, in my recent seven weeks of being there, had nobody be rude. They were lovely. I mean, well, the closest I had... Oops. I had a little phone <laughs> problem in Sarla and I, I went to the orange company or whatever to talk to somebody English speaking there. And he wasn't there that day. And mm-hmm. I was kind of like, oh, oh, I need to talk to someone. And a lady said, where are you from? And I said, <laughs> from California. And she said, that is her problem. <laughs> but you know what? That's the that only just person ever yeah. that was slightly we're Actually, doing our best. We're doing. It was best. pretty funny, you know. Yeah. I find if you are nice to people, they are nice back. And I, yeah. I tried to say bonjour, merci, au revoir. When I went into Great. a shop, I tried to abide by, you know, customs that you have. Good mm-hmm. grief! You go to some other place. You and are in their home. Have you been to uh, many restaurants and uh, brasseries? Yes and no. Because. I did a lot of my own cooking while I was oh, okay. there. And I love to go to the market and just buy my food and, and save money and cook. Good. But now, what was the last term you said? Uh, all the croissant uh, cliche, oh. you know, that every American <laughs> w- wants to have. You yes, know? yes, yes. Um, yes. <laughs> um, I mean, you can't go to France uh, and not eat out. I mean, it, it's, I'm trying to think where I went. In Paris, I'm not, well, like the restaurant at the Jacques mm-hmm. uh, Mart, There's even places uh, like when I was not, I knew to go to the Ile de Saint-Louis, is that mm-hmm. what it's called? Yes. And of course, it's pretty, pretty nice. Yeah. But I bought a small quiche, you know, uh-huh. ate that, it's inexpensive. I go, this is this is wonderful. I mean, truly, for the price that you would go in and buy a hamburger in the States, you can get oh, something yeah. delicious. Oh, um, I had some very lucky, I think, um, experiences when I was, when I went to see uh, Saint-Chapelle. Oh, yeah. Um, that particular day, I bought tickets to return in the evening and hear a string quartet. 
So not only did I visit and I drew in there, and then I went back in the evening and heard a concert, which was just lovely. But I had, um, I guess you would say time to kill. And I go, well, I'm going to stay here on the island all day. (laughs) Why not? Uh, I discovered the Place Dauphine. Place Dauphine, yeah. So pretty. You've been everywhere. Uh, well, I just, I haven't been everywhere. I'm constantly finding things and going, I was not there. Of course, it's uh, big, so I, I the lunch in the cafe looked wonderful and it was wonderful. And I sat, I usually sat and I sit and I will sketch while I am, okay. uh, while I'm there. Um, for example, when I was in the Latin quarter on the last trip, I met a lady. Now she was originally from Scotland. Mm-hmm. We're still corresponding. And she had her father worked in the States and she had gone to high school in the States, but she married a Frenchman in the sixties. So she's okay. been, she's been French forever. Mm-hmm. And she said, when you come back from your art uh, workshop, you meet me for a coffee. And she took me to the Palais Royal. Oh, wow. And I was like, nice place. Oh, I know what a lovely place. And I was a guest. She Great. showed me that restaurant where, um, Oh, the very expensive restaurant where Napoleon ate starts with a V, I want to say. The V, wow. Oh, you know, I watched I watched the silly Emily in Paris. I mean, people mm-hmm. do. Yeah, and they everybody. ended up eating there. And I go, oh, I know where that place is. Okay. And, and my friend, she said that she takes each of her family members there once Whoa. in their life. So we we kind of went and looked at the menus. She was planning a, nice. a celebration. Nice. So had a good time. Oh, you know, everything was great. Yes. Questions. You, you consider yourself uh, as a Francophile. I do. And how would you define that? I know it's a tough question. That's all right. Because, you know, I guess to all French people, it's embarrassing to say that I spent several decades as an Anglophile. <laughs> I still love England and the little cottages. Um Francophile, the more I learn about French beauty and culture, I mean, they've had a, um, you have had a tumultuous history as England and even the United States. Good Mm -hmm. grief. I mean, it wasn't just the Civil War. It was like two months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, So I do respect the things that have gone on. But uh, I think, you know, Francophile means lover of France and everything that I found, I really enjoyed. I mean, from fresh food, um, from eating more slowly. In fact, I had a little page somewhere with with things that I think we should do. Um, I read before I went that when you sit down at a cafe, the average time that it will take for a waiter to come and Uh, serve you. Yeah. Do you know how long that's supposed to be? No, but from my they, experience, I can imagine. Well, they said 17 minutes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Which that's... to an American is just outrageous. Well, if you go knowing that, I got out my sketch pad. I just decided it was lovely. I'm sitting yeah. here at your table enjoying this beautiful view. Um, and you're not going to kick me out. You're going to let me relax. Now, yeah. of course, when you're in your work years, hurry, hurry, hurry. If I yeah. were, if it were my lunch hour, I would not have that luxury. Mm-hmm. Um, the food was wonderful. Um, the organic food. Okay, I had never had. Oh, good grief! <laughs> Duck liver. What do you call it? Good grief! Which one? 
the duck liver um, pate. What am oh, I the trying? Foie to gras. Say? Oh, the foie gras. Yes. I didn't think I would like it, and I did. Of course, everybody does. <laughs> Everybody feels guilty about it, but everybody. A little, does. I know. I, it's one of those things, and I, 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 know. I don't know. You know, so there were many things that I discovered that I liked. Uh, the simplicity, I think. Um, tell me if I'm right. The French tend to buy a few good items and be happy with that clothing, yes. etc. Yes. Um, whereas we tend to, to want to get bargain things and have a lot yes and it's uh, true. i'm in the process of clearing a lot of <laughs> stuff from a you know Less decades of being married <laughs> i agree i agree I, I can understand that and uh i'm going back to your uh to you you opened uh, a shop an online shop called french press it's, i did it's a collection of cards calendars paper goods tell me a bit more about that i um well first of all i do love coffee so mm -hmm. Uh, you know, ever since my last trip to France, I've been using nothing but my French press uh, to make my coffee in. Okay. You know, one great thing, it sounds silly, you never leave it plugged in. No, yeah, it's true. I mean, how many times during my working life I would go, oh, did I leave the coffee pot on? And of course, we have some that will, will automatically go off. So I love coffee. And I began to think about French press as a name. And I looked around and there aren't too many. I couldn't find a stationary shop named that. So okay. I thought that was kind of cute or whatever. That was good. You know, catchy. Original. Um, trying. You know, it's very hard to be original in this world. It's impossible, yeah. in fact. Uh, and I I tended to, um, when I was sketching in France, in fact, I grabbed my calendar that I did the first, well, I've done three now. My very first sketch was from uh, the oh, Jardin du Luxembourg. Mm -hmm. And I That day was my third day in Paris. And I said, okay, Janice, if you don't take your watercolors out now and start sketching, you will never do it. Never you know, do that's it. just it. And I was very pleased with my results. However, because everybody seems to go to France and start watercoloring with black pen and ink sketches, you know, I think I want to um, evolve back to more impressionist painting. Mm -hmm. So I'm divided between my, what I call a more commercial line with sketches of places. Um, that first year I came home and I put a calendar together and everybody loved it. And last year, uh, let's see, I'm, you know, we all lost 220, didn't we? Yes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I had a little 18 calendar. I did a calendar in 19 and I began to look at Etsy shops and I said, oh, my goodness. So, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not changing the world with it, but it is fun nice. to, yeah. uh, to connect. They're original. Really, they are really a little like bit the, different. The structure yeah. of it and everything. And it's, it's a good tribute to uh, to France and Europe because. Like not not everyone can see it now because I'm on video, but oh. what you showed me was really good, and I will I will put the link on the on the show Thank notes, you. obviously, so people uh, listening you. can, can check out your uh, your shop online. And well, and it's been it. yeah. interesting how many people will 
they bought them for gifts and things. They said, oh, my goodness, my mother yeah. loves Paris. I need to buy one for her or my, you know, there were just a lot of connections. Definitely. Um, and I'm learning how long it takes to mail things, you know, somewhere. <laughs> yeah. uh, I had somebody send one to their mother in Australia. Yeah. And I, I noticed that it hadn't arrived. I wrote her. She said, oh, that's OK. It always takes a little while. Don't even worry about it. You know, and as soon as it did, she was very happy. Nice. And uh, what are your uh future plans do you have something coming up that you want to talk uh, about well you mean as far as french press or in general french press and in general <laughs> um you know the few wedding things that i have done mm -hmm. uh, have been popular i think of june is wedding season and i don't know if that is true in france there is yeah, there is plenty plenty okay. of weddings in june. Uh, so i'm i'm expanding that i'm i'm thinking of more items for the bride, uh, note cards and such, and uh, gift enclosures and, you know, that sort of thing. And sketching and um, Encouraging. Uh, just expanding that. And I, you know, weddings are such a wonderful experience. And I, I hope, it's funny, last night as I was thinking about this, I happened to hear a podcast and they were talking about romantic relationships and they said if you're planning to get married you should go slow <laughs> uh, one of the tips of advice that i heard was you should be uh engaged to that person through four seasons oh that's a good that's a good idea i think so you can see yeah. all the facets of and thinking about today i thought that's something i i will share because yeah. yes to go through i agree with that spring summer and it might take you through for emotions for you know yeah so i i share that and of course weddings happen all the all time, the time yeah. so i i don't have to have everything ready in june uh, and then i i do painting commissions i'm i don't I shouldn't say this. Painting commissions are hard. Oh, yeah. tell, tell us, tell us the concept. Can you explain what it is? For those when somebody know. says, I want this painting created for me, oh, okay. uh, it, it, can be, it can be challenging because they have an idea in your head and you have an idea and you have to send sketches back and forth and work it out. Okay. So I'm currently working on one. She wants a large one. Um, well, it's, it's, let's see, 48 by 30. And it's, it's the woman and her dog on the coast in California. Okay. <laughs> but large, sort of impressionistic sort of abstract so but i've got to please my customer so that's coming up nice. so i do those occasionally i have a question for you janice uh regarding digital art have you heard of nfts or not do you know what that is maybe not this is something that i think you will be interested in and I will develop it just for the sake of it. It's uh, this is a new way of to monetize digital art. I don't know if you there was it. a guy recently. I remember seeing an article on him where he sold the digital image for like seven million. Is that yes, that's what we're talking that's, about? That's the crazy. Uh, that, that's the crazy <sighs> part of it. Basically, they are creating uh, digital scarcity. Uh, what does I'm that sorry, mean? Digital scarcity the scars you know the fact that you can uh, make something unique uh so basically to make it very simple for everyone uh, people are taking a let's say i'm taking a picture of the eiffel tower this picture before nfts uh were 
basically you could copy it every time, you know, like you right. can make 10 million copies of it and the artist will be, um, uh, will be stolen, let's say. Yes. You know, but now uh, through the new concept of uh, blockchain, you know, all this Bitcoin and uh, cryptocurrencies yes. madness out of this, uh, they're all working through uh, a net, let's call it a network called blockchain. And uh, without being too technical, the blockchain gives you the opportunity to take this Eiffel Tower picture and make it unique through digital. It means that it's not going to be just one image. It's going to be an image related to a serial number, let's say. And this will make your art unique. So this looks very crazy right now. <laughs> but I think that in five years, it's going to be uh, this episode <laughs> would be listened uh, in another way very carefully <laughs> because of that. So I, I just suggest since you're a digital artist, you are an artist, but you can be uh, more digital. I suggest that you get more information on NFTs, non-fungible tokens. Sounds good. I yes. Think it's, uh, yes. Well, very, you know, I because the old-fashioned part of me tends to say no, it's not real if it wasn't painted with a paintbrush, you know, I, that sort of thing. And yet, I have played with my images a little bit. Yeah. Um, I had a show about three years ago where, frankly, you know, I didn't have a lot of time, and I said, I'm going to take my original paintings, I'm going to play with them and put them into different colors, etc. And you know, for the one small show, that's what I did. Nice. Nice. You know, and so I'm not totally opposed to it. And I, I've got some images with my, um, well, this one was heightened in color with the computer. Beautiful couple. Yeah. Beautiful cutters. So, and it, it, the origin of that one picture that got me into this, my daughter was in France oh, a number of years ago, and she took some lovely photos. That was from her photo. Okay. About the time my son was getting married. Oh, my goodness. I started painting brides. You know, you just, <laughs> I don't know. It's in your head, and you begin, <laughs> yeah, begin doing it. You know, you're very hopeful. And I Dang. happened to, I sent that article about that seven million dollar digital image to my son he's a programmer oh okay uh, he, he's near san francisco and yeah okay nice. <laughs> always check things out with him yeah i think i think it would be very interesting and um to finish this episode i will ask you another question i'd like to know what would you advise to american brides american grooms when it comes to Choosing France or Paris as a wedding destination, what would you say? Ooh, and you would think I'd have something all prepared. But uh, <laughs> if you are considering France, first of all, I mean, I would encourage anybody who loves beauty and, you know, history, culture, language, good food, <laughs> to consider France as a destination. And um I think even I would think even the simplest of weddings might be very memorable. Um, I've seen the chateau weddings where they're obviously spending an enormous amount. And yet I think something, uh, I, I guess from what I'm hearing, it the 
French often get married at the Marie first, or that's the traditional ceremony, which is very opposed to our idea of a wedding. Yeah. But I think I think uh, you could make that simple, classic, beautiful vow there that will give you something to, to last a lifetime. And, uh, you know, photos are wonderful. We've all gotten photo crazy. We, mm-hmm. we think we have to photo every every minute of our lives. But yeah. I journal a lot and I oh. really cherish my journals. Now, as a bride and groom in love, they might not be thinking about journaling. Yeah. <laughs> but I think some advice would be journal about it before you go and journal a little bit during the moment and then mm-hmm. come back and reflect. I think I, if you're prone to writing, the pictures and the written memory might be very lovely. Very nice. Very nice. Thank you so much, Janice, for this great episode it was longer than expected and it's oh. great like that uh, always starts I do talk. like this yes. <laughs> we do talk that's that well, was the goal. My, my feelings for you under um, lockdown you know it's mm-hmm. hard to picture paris now that we've all adjusted to seeing all of the cities of the world quiet you know mm-hmm. it's hard to see that um so my 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 heart goes out to you guys while you're Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Shout I'm hoping out. we all learn lessons from this and don't go back to all the crazy business we were in. I know. That's crazy. We'll see. But thank you so much uh, for your words anyway, uh, going out to the French people. And thank you so much again, Janice, for taking the time to share this moment with me from California. And we'll see us very soon. Thank you. Oh, I hope and I hope you can return to California. I will always go back to California. And the desert. <laughs> Thank you, Janice. All right. Hey, guys. Thanks again for listening to the show today. You can find more information on our guests in the show notes, as well as my contact and my website. If you have any questions regarding your French wedding, I'm happy to help. Also, please do not hesitate to leave a review for the show. There's also a link for that that will literally take one minute of your precious time and will mean the world to me i always appreciate your support thank you again very much for your time and feedback wishing you a great day or a great night anywhere you are in the world i send you some good vibrations and we'll talk to you again soon for a new episode bye bye